Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I'm being overly enthusiastic to try and mask my hangover. And helping <laughs> me to do that are, are two men of, of good and true, Graham Thulis. Hi Craig, uh, as I mentioned I have zero sympathy for you because I've not had a drink in about four months now. So no, <laughs> I've got zero sympathy for your hangover, so get it up you. <laughs> Thank you. And Joel Sked. <sighs> <laughs> that that side that side is twofold. That's the first. What we're about to talk about. The second is like you, Fowler. I'm finding well, like me. I don't know if you still feel this way or if it's got better. That any time we get a hangover, it lasts for too. It just lingers. It lingers Aye. for too long. You don't need to go anywhere. Nothing like nothing has changed on a day to day basis. You're not going anywhere. You don't need to shake it off in order to get to work. You just sit in the house. I think it's mainly because I'm an old cunt as well now. Uh, I've got. That, I'd like that, to think I'm not. I've got that band, you know, that band across the top of your stomach that's just that's constant pain. It just won't go away, and it's just like, and you just have to go like this every now and again to kind of relieve it, and yeah. But yeah, fuck. <laughs> no, it, uh, it was the worst time as well. I've been so busy today. And uh, even after we finish, you know, I've got like two articles I need to do for the Scotsman for tomorrow as well. And I'm basically going to be up till about midnight and then back again, 7 a.m. So I've, I've fucked it completely. Uh, they got too excited. Uh, first date night in a, in a while. And uh, yeah, it let it go away with me. I'm just sorry, I was just. <laughs> I just accidentally deleted the note I had with all the players written on it. <laughs> what a start to this podcast. 
It's, been a, it's, it's a really good start to the new season here. You can really tell the hearts are involved, can't you? I'm going to have to try and find all these guys' fucking first names against them somewhere. Oh, right, I've got it again. It's in our, it's in our WhatsApp group chat as well. That's fine. Oh, God. Right. Um, so what this podcast is going to be, so we've got a list of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 players that we've all looked at. Is there any more that anybody chucked in? Graham, did you get have a look at uh, the... Daniel Lang, is it Lang? Daniel, Callum, Callum Lang. No, Callum. I'll, I'll give you a very brief summary at the end so we can end on a high note. Okay, and I take it nobody had time to look at the Celtic goalie yet? Uh, no, I've just, just kind of read about him. Okay. You can maybe mention him if you want again at the end. So we've got 11 players that we've definitely all had a good look at and maybe one or two others that can chuck in. Uh, we'll aim to get all 11 done in the next, you know, 45 minutes or so. If we don't, then we'll finish it off with a, a Patreon that'll go on the $2 tier. Uh, so we'll see how we get on. And these are all guys, so that it's not just, these aren't just like new signings that we're doing. We're doing specifically new signings that haven't played in Scottish football before, or at least, you know, haven't done for, for many years. Uh, guys that we're unfamiliar with, uh, who supporters shouldn't know anything about like unless you're well for most guys on this list unless you're a keen aficionado of lower league English football and when I say lower league I mean really lower league in some cases uh, this, um, it's not a lot of good stuff for this list is there? there are no. some there are some players <laughs> who, who, who look like they have uh, I'll be very kind to say there's some players that look like they've got some raw, attribute, raw attributes that might translate well if they're coached properly um, there are some other ones that I just don't are, are a bit lost on, maybe honest. When I looked at the list, I just seen a list of players who, in, I'm going to say two, three years' time when Sparkle quizzes are out about transfers at this time around, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to forget, probably forget about eight of these, eight of these players. SPFL content, 22, 20, summer 22, 23. Yes. Yep. Right, we shall begin. Let's just run through them in uh, just the order we've got here uh, in terms of alphabet order in terms of their clubs. So we go right away, st- starting already with Kelly. So we're <laughs> missing out quite a few clubs already. Uh, but uh, there were some players as well where it was just, they weren't you guys to Scottish football, but it was just, yeah, I haven't had a quick look on Y Scout. I could tell it wasn't actually going to be possible. There wasn't any games of theirs uploaded. There wasn't any stats available. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't really do anything about them. One Achilles, one Achilles signings doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's a red flag straight off the bat. I think there's, I actually think there's three, or at least two that don't have uh, Wikipedia pages, which is... Uh, Alarming. Like, yes. Uh, Danny Whitehead, he was one of them. He, uh, he was and Dino Rossi. Oh, uh, yeah, he does have a Wikipedia. <laughs> he gets a pass for his name, though. He's immediately a decent... I think he's a decent addition for Kelly because his name's Zeno Rossi. There wasn't, uh, there wasn't videos of Rossi. There was videos of Whitehead, uh, so he could have been. But we, we decided to go for the two Kelly players instead. And we'll, we'll begin with Brandon Hunstrup, a, uh, a defender. Uh, I think mainly plays left-back. I think that's what he's expected to play for Kelly this season. Now, looking after... I've had a look at Hunstrup as well, but looking after him was Joel. Joel, what, what was your impression of the player? Overall, I think there might be something there. <laughs> you're, gonna say, you're gonna say this a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's saying, uh, "Well, he's." I'm saying that, and he's one of the more positive players. Uh, the, 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 one of the players I'm more positive about. The, the, the big concern, the thing is, he's 
played 60 first team games, I think, and he turns 24 in October. That's not a good return. That's not a good return for a player of his age at all. At all. So he's, he's desperate for first team football. He came through, I think he came through the Pompey Academy. He's been there a long time. But the fact that he's not played uh, so much is, uh, is is definitely something that maybe shouldn't concern Kilmarnock fans, something that they have to be wary of. He played a few times this, uh, this season under Kenny Jacket, but he made the point that in a couple of interviews that he was basically dropped from the screen. Well, he basically had to leave. Pompey offered him a new deal just because they had to, to ensure that they would get compensation, albeit a very small sum when he when he taken the fact uh, taking account the cross border competition. Uh, sorry, cross border rules. He then had an interview where he says he just didn't feel valued valued at the club, and he he. Um, he made point that he played I think three or four games in a row earlier on in the season and as soon as their I think first choice left back was back fit he was bombed out of the team I think the best way to describe him is probably neat and tidy he's, 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 he's very easy on the eye he's got a good touch seems to have a good temperament and composure and even for a left back he has definitely got a trick in his skill set as well He's he's got a good feet I think he will in in Areas away from the own goal, his own goal, he will he will try and beat a player. The one thing going forward that I was unsure about is there was a lot of there was a lack of crossing. Yeah, he would get into the get into the final third. He would make a, like an, an overlap, but very rarely did he cross the ball. When he did, he seemed to put in a decent enough ball and a decent enough ball, and especially when I said he's got a really nice left foot. Uh, that that kind of showed. De- defensively, it was actually pretty impressed. He's very rangy, quite athletic, and it helps. He's got quite long legs, so he's really good at matching wingers down the flanks and kind of staying with them. So when when they kind of uh, when they try and kind of shuffle or pause and then uh, have an acceleration, he's quite good at adjusting uh, and blocking crosses. The fact that he's relatively quick and he is, has got those long legs, he's got that potential to recover because I think there'd be an issue where he could be targeted with balls over the top. Yeah, I'd, I'd pretty much agree with everything you said there, uh, especially about the point about the, there is a player there and I think it speaks to maybe his inexperience that you were talking about. That the For me, the, the issue with him is that he doesn't do enough. But that's kind of that's a decent issue to have mm. because he's not useless. That if, uh, there's other players that also get to him. Just like my issue with them is that I don't think they're very good at football, which is a, a bigger problem. Uh, Hornstrup's problem is that he's a very good crosser of the ball. So the stats bear that out. Fifty-two percent of crosses. Now they can, the accuracy kind of figures can vary wildly depending on which league you're looking at. I think different people are in Wisecout are in charge of like looking at different leagues, and sometimes they are their interpretation of successful cross could be different from others. But 52%, regardless of who's doing it, is very strong. Uh, and so I think he has that. But he only, as you alluded to, he doesn't cross an awful lot. So he averages just over two a game. Even for a fullback, it's pretty low. And he, he, he doesn't really run with the ball much either. But as you said, because of the fact that he, he's got good feet and he's not, he's able to use his right foot. He can maybe use it a bit more. But when he does use it, he does seem to have a, a decent, 
he can take a touch with his right, basically. So he can run with the ball and use both his right and his left. Mm. And when he's receiving the ball, he can use his right as well. And, and that does help him beat players. But he doesn't really run with the ball much either. I think he needs to just have a bit more self-belief in himself. Because he's got, as you again, you mentioned he's got a wee bit of burst on him. And he could be a very kind of... He could be a very good two-way defender, somebody who, who's solid defensively and also is much a, a, a real threat going forward. Right now, he's not a real threat. But if Alex Dyer can maybe coach up his confidence a bit more, maybe get him to, to be more of an attacking outlet, then, and he can just have more belief in himself, then I think he could be a very good player for Kelly. Uh, that's the kind of... At this moment in time, he, he's quite basic for me and a bit boring <laughs> um, yeah he's but, not he's, he's not Nico Hamelainen he's, he's not at that yeah. level nowhere near but if he if he does if he does start to to, to do a bit more on the attacking end then, he, then I think he could be a good signing so that's yeah. a that's a, a solid one to kick us off with uh, and there's, it's only can only go one direction from here really <laughs> <laughs> right so next up we're sticking with Kelly and we've got Mitch Pinnock uh, who was being looked after by I mean, Joel again. So, Joel, uh, talk us through the other Kelly player. Well, um, <laughs> the, fact I've, the fact I've got no notes, uh, firstly, because he's the last player looked at, so he's, uh, he was the last player looked at before he came on this call. And secondly, I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure about this. He is, if you go into transfer market, I just went on that to see which uh, which games he's played, like a full 90, so which ones I could watch, uh, which ones were best to watch. And they had him down as like a left winger. But this season, he seems to have played as an attacking midfielder, played off the right or as a, as a striker. He is not quick. That's one thing. Uh, that's one thing straight off the bat, that if he plays wide... Don't expect him to beat anyone for pace, even me. He just does. He does not look quick over five yards, ten yards, fifty yards. He doesn't seem to have that acceleration. I I'd, uh, I'd take issue with that. I don't, uh, he, he doesn't have. Yeah, he might not have great pace, but I think he does have a certain quickness to him because he's quite agile. So he's, his quickness of movement, kind of in, in in kind of short bursts, kind of thing. But yeah, I, I don't think he's somebody who's going to win many races. But I don't think he's slow. Okay, uh, the, the the ones I watched where it was just he was in like basically every time he was in a foot race with a defender, he wasn't getting there. Yeah, like I don't I don't think he's got great away pace, but I think he's like I say he's an agile player, so mm. he, he does have a kind of quick initial step. I would say he is like Holmstrom uh, again got got a decent left foot. He <laughs> he is someone I see who could play as um as as a number ten. Potentially, you can see that. I uh, can see that being um, something they can do because I think he has got decent technique when the ball comes into it comes into his feet. After that, I, I'm really finding it hard to say much about him. He just—I don't know if it's because he's varied positions and maybe AFC Wimbledon are a, are a team who've been coming up against other teams who don't allow them to have much of the ball that. A lot of what I've seen was him in a defensive and a kind of defensive mindset, and he's, he's, he doesn't doesn't appear to be aggressive enough for me. I'm not sure about his strength. I think he could get a, uh, could get spooked coming up here because I think it's a different physicality in Scotland than it is even in the lower leagues in England. Um, yeah, he is a he's a he's quite a big guy for a for a winger. Um, 
that you can say that's one of his. He's listed as five ten, but he looked bigger to me. Mm. Uh, I think because he's so slight. Yeah, he looked he looked taller than that, and yeah, that's that might be a problem for him. He, for me, some of his, his negatives were. I, I disagree with you saying he's got good technique. I, I thought his touch was pretty poor. A lot of the time, could quite wayward, bounce it off him a lot. Not really kind of killing it with a first touch. I wasn't really impressed with that. He's terrible at running with the ball uh, for somebody who's like a winger and supposed to be quite direct in his approach. He, he doesn't, as you kind of say, he kind of struggles to beat defenders. He doesn't really have a trick in him. He, he doesn't often look like he's fully in control of it when he's running as well. And mm. It's just not not big on that. He's not much of a goal threat. Hasn't scored an awful lot. Doesn't shoot an awful lot. Uh, under two shots a game, which even for somebody who spends time in midfield isn't really great. Uh, he's obviously, as you said, he spent most of his time up front. Despite his height, he's shite in the air. Oh, he's ter- <laughs> terrible in the air. Uh, had only one there. headed attempt all of last season, uh, which again, again, he played up front and decent height, not very good. And he shoots for distance a lot of time as well. Uh, I think sometimes needlessly. So there's not a lot of good stuff there. I'm now going to talk about some of the positive things. Uh, he is a good crosser of the ball. Uh, and he, his versatility is also going to be handy for Kelly this season. Because he's probably well. Well, is is versatility handy for a team when the player is mediocre <laughs> at best in all positions? Um, right. Okay. It's it's only a it's only a strength if he comes up and actually turns it to be okay. I'd agree with that. I agree. I agree with your crossing point. The way I was impressed with he's got he's capable of sending in different crosses. Like hanging at back post or drilling long ground or getting a whip on it, and he can take. Uh, I think he does. He takes a lot of free kicks and corners as well. Yeah, which uh, it also a sign of somebody who, who's got a good ball in them, and he can use his right foot as well. Like, again, much prefers his left, but not horrendously one-footed. And he does when he when I saw him playing up front, he does kind of work hard from the front as well. Gets gets around the gets after defenders. Uh, does a lot of like aggressive pressing. So that should also kind of help him fit into that Kelly team. He's probably not going to like. Like I say, his versatility for me can be a strength if he's if he's decent enough at Kelly and proves himself enough to be a squad player. Because I think you look at Kelly's team; it's probably not going to start if everybody's fit. You'd think they'd have Rory McKenzie off the left, and Kelly are likely to play with two up front with Kabamba and Brophy. So he's not going to dispose any of them. He's obviously not going to play in the centre above Dicker Power or or El McCreaney. But he's somebody who can. Come off the bench, he's crossing, would maybe kind of help Kelly nick some points later in games. He's, <laughs> yeah, there's two kind of sides to look at him. There's a lot of stuff I don't like, but there's stuff I think that, again, he could be a decent addition. Uh, I'm less confident about him being one than Hornstrup, though. Yeah, um, much less. I, I'm, I'm writing him off already. Okay. <laughs> That's what we like to see, Joe. That is what we like to see. He's shite already because I've watched clips of him from two games <laughs> playing in a completely different league. Right, next up, let's go to Levy. We've got two Levy players here and we shall go to first. Let's pick somebody that Graham's got. Uh, Graham's... Okay, so we'll, sk- well, I will skip ahead to Matej Poplopnik. Graham, what were your thoughts? Um, for... Uh... I'm suspicious of it given that he's 28 years old. Um, he spent the second half of last season on loan at Hung- in Hungary um, with a team that finished bottom of the league by 25 points and only won four games all season. 
um, which, to be honest, kind of screams Craig Levine Hart signing. Um, started once, uh, played hardly any minutes. However, in saying that, again, I'm just sort of faintly suspicious of the fact of anyone that goes and plays in India, um, given that it kind of feels like where do you go when you just like you kind of chucked it to a degree. Um, that said, there are positives in his game. Um, he seemed to play an off. He seemed to play wide an awful lot more in Hungary than he has anywhere else, which didn't really seem to appear like it suited him an awful lot. In both India and previously in Slovenia, he seemed to play far more as a ten, uh, which I mean, I'm long, long beyond trying to guess and, and second guess Livingston signings in any case because. I, I mean, they made Aaron Taylor Sinclair a player again after a guy that looked like he was absolutely finished with us. But if he is to go to Livy, if they can hold on to Dykes, or presumably, again, because the way that Livy have been working in the past few years, looks like they, I imagine they will have uh, someone in mind in order to go and replace Lyndon Dykes if he's to leave. If they're going to go play with another big centre forward uh, and have Poplatnik playing as uh, a number 10 and behind a, a, a big unit of a centre forward, he looks like he can shift the ball really well uh, left and right. He looks like he's got a good crossfield passing ability. So if they're going to have Devlin and Taylor Sinclair bombing down the wings with a big man up front, you can kind of see where the logic is there with that. He looks as if he can turn in the ball really quickly. He also kind of fitting into the, the living mode of just being a, a bit of a pest of a player to play against. Um, he looks really good at getting the ball or getting him getting his body in between himself, the ball and the and the and the defenders with his back to goal. He there's new just seems to endlessly pick up free kicks from that, which again if he's if you've got certain halves who are going to go and get tight to Dykes, um, if he's given a different option and a bit of a more of a challenge to deal with, if he's going to go and stick his arse into somebody and try and turn them after you've spent all game trying to fight Lyndon Dykes, it's going to be a different challenge altogether. If he's going to be a more sort of technically gifted Scott Robinson, then that seems like a, a like a, it seems like a, a reasonable thing to do. Um, Robinson has been very very good for Livingston. Um, kind of, I was discussing a podcast. I can't remember if when one of the ones more recently um, of his the way in which he dropped down the leagues and then came back. He's he's been very very good for them. But Poplatnik, I think, offers just a little bit more in terms of sort of technical ability and able to do that. So. Yes, good. Yes, bad. Um, the, the recent history isn't great for him. Um, I think you had the same thing as I did as you went and immediately looked at best actions on, on Y Scout, which gave you a bunch of... You're looking at it going, you know, these are quite good. And then you look at it and go, that was five years ago um, <laughs> when he was 23 years old. And in the intervening period, he's been in India doing little bits and pieces. He's been in Hungary doing little bits and pieces, which look quite nice, but ultimately getting an absolute shooing there as well. So there's, again you would back Levy to get the best out of them because that's generally what they do with players um, or alternatively they'll be out the door by Christmas. Yeah. Uh, my reaction to uh, Poplatnik was, came, comes with two massive caveats. One of them you, you've already alluded to uh, is that the last two seasons have not been great for him. And a player, as you mentioned, 28 years old, coming, coming towards the end of his career, Losing two campaigns, really, where you, you've not done an awful lot and you've not played well, does set off a, a number of alarm bells. It's a point where he should be playing in his prime. And yeah. if he's and, and fair play, um, it, it's money to be made. Stephen Pearson went there, Carl McHugh went there as well, and both have done very well either sides of that. Um, but yeah, if it's both of those players kind of felt that they're coming to an end of a career rather than going there younger, um, when you should be, as I say, in your prime. And uh, the other caveat I have is that... So I'm going, to, I'm going to say a lot of good things about him because I did quite enjoy watching him. And in fact, he was the one player that kind of stood out for me in all of this that I actually thought looked pretty decent. But 
this was this was me looking at clips of him playing in Slovenia, and I had a look in Slovenia. League is ranked 32nd, I think, in the FIFA rankings, which is something like 18 places behind Scotland. So it can't be a very strong league. But having said that, the last full season he had in Slovenia, he was the third top scorer in the league. And he's only scored one fewer than Marcos Tavares, who I think we can all remember as being the Maribor striker who bodied Celtic out of uh, Europe or just out of the Champions League, out of the Champions League uh, when, when, when Dyla was manager. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and again, Gary Holt as well, when he came in, was highlighting that he, he's he got to find, like, it, there's a lot of settling to be done. And if he hits the ground running, then that's brilliant. Livingston certainly looking in the, in the short term, whether they've got that they've got plenty of options to get by uh, in, in the short term, certainly defensively and in the rest of the park as well, to give themselves various different ways in which they can do things, which is, is absolutely fine. But he was highlighting that there's a lot of off-field stuff in terms of you're moving to a new country, you're trying to settle, you're trying to figure out what you're doing, which seemed very much like he was trying to sort of calm everybody down and, and, and highlight that he's going to be an option possibly even later in the season, um, given that the way the transfer window is, given that it, it's running for so long that those clubs are going to have players for basically about a third of a season and then have to shift them on and replace them or, or do different things. So if clubs are smart, then they should be able to do that. So even if the Dykes thing rumbles on for, for months and months, then fine, you've got different options who are ready to step up by that point because they've been here for four months, they've been playing games and they're ready to go. If he can settle and if he is of the standard quality required for the Scottish Premiership, Livy have got themselves at a number 10 or even they can play up front as well, who is a very, well, a very good eye for goal. He, like I mentioned, third top scorer in the, in the top flight. He also, interesting to see as well, he, he had two less goals in Luka Zavic, which is uh, who's the son of the Slovenian legend Zlatko Zavic. I just it's got nothing to do with this guy's ability. I just I just found that quite interesting that Zavic has a son who also is very good in Slovenia. Just, just good by association. Yes. So yeah, Poplatnik, uh, he's good. At, yeah, good kind of good finisher. Doesn't. Doesn't shoot an awful lot, but he's uh, quite effective when he when he does have a pop at goal. He doesn't really waste shots from distance. He's got very good ball control, uh, good leaping him for somebody who's only about five ten. He can he can fight in the air. Had a lot of headed attempts at goal. He, he does stuff as you could have mentioned as well. He does stuff quickly. Um, doesn't dwell on the ball an awful lot. Moves it about the park. He's got that versatility about him. And Seems really comfortable with both feet as well. It was yeah. I actually found watching him kind of. It was I think he I think he's right footed, but but again, he looked very comfortable with his left as well. And he's he's good, at, decent at running with the ball as well. One thing I maybe didn't like about him is that he doesn't seem like a number ten. Seems like he's a number ten who's there to kind of score goals, not necessarily create them. I don't think he had uh, an assist that season at all. And he looks like somebody who kind of maybe drifts out of games uh, from time to time, and is really only about getting it in the box and scoring goals rather than rather than kind of being the, the number the types of number tens who try to control football matches. And that sometimes you can be frustrated with players like that because you just won't see them for sometimes games at a time. But if he if he can contribute, that he's somebody who should help uh, kind of alleviate the or at least going to make up for some of the, the goals that will be missing from Livy's attack after Stephen Lawless's departure. But there's a lot of ifs there. But if, if, he, if he can settle, I think he will be a good signing. Fair enough. Right, we're going back to Joel for our next guy, and that is uh, sticking Livingston. We've got Jack Fitzwater. Joel? So, 
I'm sure I have read a couple of comments or heard a couple of comments from Livy fans say that he's apparently impressed. Yes, Alan Temple said as well that he's very much impressed in preseason and, and they really like the look of him. That are, may you, be. Are, you, are, you, are you going to say the same thing as me, which is that I'm confused by this? Well, <laughs> I'm eventually going to get there because I originally watched the game he played for West Brom in the FA Cup against Charlton Athletic and he looked really comfortable. I thought, okay, they've got a, a centre-back beside... Um, or his name escapes me now, he's Egyptian centre-back, he's played for Fiorentina. The, the two of them looked, uh, looked really comfortable. He, would, he kind of bullied the Charlton centre-forward, centre but then the Charlton centre-forward was, was a young guy as well, and when they brought on a bit more pace in the second half, that's when he started to struggle. So then I went back to the 18-19 season when he played for Walsall. Now, this is a Walsall side that had, he was, he was playing in defence at times that had Nicky Devlin, and John Guthrie as well. So Livingston are obviously very familiar with him. <laughs> very familiar with Walsall. Yeah, they, they, must, they, they, they must have watched a lot of Walsall games, so more pity to them. He, I think there was, this is one where there was good qualities and bad qualities. I think he, he likes to get, get, he gets tight to defenders, which at times works for him, but he's, I think he's in danger of giving away fouls for having his arms up or pulling. He, he, he's not very subtle when he gets close to close to defender. And when it comes to heading, at times his timing is his timing's pretty good, but there's a lot of times he doesn't get a clean purchase on a header, so he gets there, and then he'll like he'll direct it somewhere else or he'll help his head. And his heading technique is shite. There you go, straightforward. <laughs> even, uh, even with time and space, it is erratic. Yeah. The I, I really did think he looked completely different playing for. He, he looked like a completely different player playing for Walsall than he did for uh, for West Brom. For West Brom, he looked really confident and composed. He looked really athletic. With Walsall, he looked clumsy. Uh, he looked maybe a wee bit overweight. A bit, uh, a bit or, slow. I found him at Walsall. Yes, yeah, so or maybe not uh, overweight. He was just—I think he was just—he was just heavier, and at times he looked panicked. I just didn't get the sense that he was—he uh, was—he re- was really confident or in control when he was at Walsall. Everything seemed a bit rushed. There was a lot of times where he could have brought the ball down, as he did in that West Brom game. He was, he was making a lot of passes. He was looking to be progressive with the ball. Uh, so the, the FA Cup game, he was looking to be. Uh, progressive with the ball, step, step into midfield at times. When there was a chance to go forward, he would go forward. Whereas at Walsall, it seemed like it was, it was kind of your typical low league football where he was just kind of putting his, uh, his boot through it. He was just hitting wayward clearances. The, for, in, with regards to his pace, it, his acceleration is... Is, is is not great. He, he, he <laughs> lacks he, he lacks space over he lacks pace um, over short distances. But I think once he gets going, so if he was in a foot race for 20, 25, uh, 25 meters, he can he can hold his own. That being said, it's in those short spaces where I think uh, you're more likely to be in when a de- defender defending one on one. And I think he finds it difficult, especially against a forward who is nimble who kind of drops his shoulder and goes one way, but especially when he goes down the line, Fitzwater takes, from what I've, what, from what I've seen, 
doesn't react quick enough and he's not great for stopping crosses because again he's played this is someone who's he's played in a back three at Walsall that's an option at Livingston and then when you play as a back three the right side centre back you're going to have to come across into the wider areas and face up a, a, a winger or an attacker I'd, I had uh, a few positives for him. I thought he was a, a decent enough tackler. I thought he, he blocked shots quite consistent, consistently. He was 14th overall in in terms of block shots per 90 minutes for the entire league in 18-19, where he, where he played a bit more. He's, I think his positioning and anticipation are generally solid enough for a centre-half of what I could see. But the, the, as you've kind of mentioned, there's a lot of the like. He's, uh, you said clumsy. I think he looks quite slow. He's heading. It's really poor. Forty-six uh, percent of aerial duels won. That's 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 bad for a centre half. And that's, yeah, that's something he needs to improve on, especially in Scottish football. One thing you notice is that he wasn't a fan of jumping when he was header, so he'd get close to defender and he'd kind of use the defender for leverage to kind of almost get up on his tiptoes, but he would never, he'd never have like an explosive jump or be really aggressive in there. And for me, his passing was, was stood out as being quite poor as well. I were you we watching uh, Walsall games? Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah. You, you said he looked good for West, but Walsall games, his passing looked quite poor. He, he would panic a lot in space and just kind of lump it. He's uh, he did play. I don't know whether this was. Well, I'm assuming this was Walsall still, and this was what was being asked of him. Played a lot of long balls at Walsall, mm. uh, with and that meant that his passing accuracy overall was 67, percent which may sound all right. But defenders usually pass an accuracy in the 80s because they take few chances on the ball. So that either says he was literally lumping it just about every single time. But also, that's probably contributed to it. But also, having watched him uh, for a couple of games, I'd also hasten to guess that his passing just isn't that great overall. And sometimes we give it away over short distances as well. So yeah, um, showing up great reviews. So this might be just one of those ones. I mean... Also, fans thought John Guthrie was rubbish and he mm. came in last season and was excellent. And I think John Guthrie's a great player. So, you know, I wouldn't be too surprised if Fitzwater, especially when they're already making noises that he's a good player, that he actually comes in and is another good signing for Livy. But looking at the, looking at the clips, I was, I was not impressed. I think that's. I think you made a good point earlier on about this. What's been asked of them at certain uh, certain teams? Walsall won. I can watching watching clips from Walsall that eighteen nineteen season. Fucking hell, if I had a season ticket, I'd be in the pub at half uh, before half time every game. The I, I, you're right about saying about his position. I think he's quite good when the uh, crosses are coming in uh, from wide when he positions himself. But the. It just, it just seemed really strange how much of a difference there was to West Brom players. So that's that's one caveat with all these players. You don't really know what's been asked of them. And if uh, it leads to question marks about the actual management within these uh, lower league teams. But yeah, uh, on the fence about Fitzwater. Okay, Graham, tell us about Nathan McGinley, Motherwell's new centre-half slash left-back. Well, look at, let's, let's look at some positives first. Uh, number one, he stiffed his former club, which is Forest Green Rovers, before coming here, which is a good thing. I mean, immediately, if you're going to get people inside, you need to fuck over your former club. So I'm entirely for that to begin with. He looks absolutely rapid. Um, he, for Certainly for a guy that's a left-back slash centre-half, he looks, there's, there's various clips of him busting out of defence for Forest Green and just tearing past people in the middle of the park. You're sort of looking around at him going, 
how are you moving that quickly? Which again is is, is a real positive. He's, uh, um, he's de- deceptively quick for a guy who doesn't look like he should be. He also looks about ten years older than he actually is. Um, <laughs> the guys had some paper round. Um, I'm. He feels very much like me, very much in the mold of Charlie Dunn, um, in the basis that. Charlie Dunn's kind of the, the perfect example of a, a player that Motherwell have signed on the basis that you are big and you're strong and you're fast and then everything else will work. We'll, we'll figure it out around you. Um, the Dunn coming into the Motherwell team and as part of a back three and adding the pace to that helped uh, hide his feelings, which is mainly kind of playing football a bit. Um, so I'm kind of assuming that McGinley's very much in the same vein. I would be surprised if he continues as being our first choice left back. He is going to play there for a chunk of time this season until uh, Jake Carroll gets himself fit again. Uh, he looked like he struggled a bit with the pace of the game uh, against Rangers, which is kind of understandable because just about everybody they struggled with the pace of the game in that. Um, it did look a bit like we'd all kind of met in the car park beforehand like a Sunday league team and then played the game whereas Rangers had just come back from France and looked sharp and right on it he I think there's there are positives there as I say and that he is as quick as he is he I think will eventually end up at centre half for us um, which again over the past year or so we've had fairly sluggish issues at centre half so I imagine that was the first time we looked at and then we'll work out the things around him aside from that kind of he feels like a he will be a good player. I don't think he's going to start off the season as a good player, and I think the the fact that there are no fans in Fir Park might actually be a benefit for him because he seems to be prime target to be a, a boo boy from the stand um, and standing out there for the forty five minutes a game might be a bit unpleasant for him had fans been in to begin with. That said, I, I do think he will be a, a positive addition for us. I I'll throw in a couple more positives. I think uh, for the game. There's certain aspects of his defender I, I do quite like. He seemed to be quite alert to for what I saw. He seemed to be quite alert to danger. Always seemed to be kind of getting themselves in either the right position or close to the right position for for to try and deny attacks. He, as well as well as, as well as that, he is. I mean, not to lean too much on this again, but he. I think a big part of that is just how nippy he is over five. Like certainly mm-hmm. over five yards and over ten yards, he seems unlikely to be. Even if he is caught out of position, it seems likely that it was some. He, he will get back in and defend as well. His one v one defending looked pretty good as well. Um, I thought he looked pretty strong against players, which is yeah, un- kind of understandable. If you're if you're a certain half is just playing at fullback, then you're going to learn how to do that very quickly, or you're not going to play there. He stands up quite a lot, which I quite liked. He doesn't do a lot of kind of needless backing away, which always kind of can fuck me off about defenders uh, quite a bit when they just kind of back off and back off and just allow the kind of striker to do whatever the hell they want. He, he seems to stand his ground and get his foot in well. And he seems to be somebody that's uh, not too bad on the ball as well. Doesn't, doesn't just necessarily just launch it down the park an awful lot, which, should, again, should make him uh, fit into the way that Mother will play. Um, if he did launch, it would fit into the way that Mother will used to play. But obviously, they're sexy Mother now, so he has to fit into that um, new persona accordingly. I suppose it's not that new anymore. The negatives, though. Again, what is with these fucking centre-halves to try to head the ball? 44.39% success rate there. It's maybe literally the worst I've ever seen for somebody who's supposed to be a centre-half, or at least can play at centre-half. Is, is, is that worse than your money that signed for Rangers? Yes, it's also worse than uh, the Jack Fitzwater. It's, it's, it's maybe the, like I say, it's maybe the worst I've ever seen. And you, you can tell when you watch him, his technique at contested headers is terrible. He, he doesn't get much power in his run or jump. He seems to kind of 
approach every header with a hesitation that you should not be doing as a centre half. And then when the ball arrives, he always seems to turn his back almost and kind of like lead with his shoulder into the back of the striker. And it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a tall guy. Get up there. Get get up and get your head on it. Like it's just not very good. It was it was actually annoying me. What should I do in that? <laughs> Uh, I think he could be when he gets he's quite good around the box in terms of his tackle and not diving into stuff but I think it, it more kind of out in the kind of open field he could be a little bit clumsy at that and, and yeah not the most agile looking of players as well kind of a bit of clumsy overall but yeah the main negative was just for me he's headed it was like how, how are you so bad in there? I'm sure that'll be fine in Scotland. I, I can't imagine deal, feeling to deal with headers will be a big problem for him. It'll be all right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, he can just do. He can just do what Stevie Hamill did at left back and just wait for it to come over the, wait for it to come over the attacker's head and just kill it in one touch. It'll be fine. That's the thing as well. He's played a lot at left back, so he, he should be good in there because he should be going up against like players who are smaller than a lot of forwards. But uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a concern but again I, you would imagine if you're going to get better at that then you'll get better at it we, we are good at we are broadly good at improving players there's, ve- there's very few players over the past couple of years under Robinson who have come in and not improved in the slightest um, so I would imagine particularly defensively as well I think he'll do fine Joe we're going back to you for the next one it is Ron Ibrox and it's Leon Balogun no that's me as well oh is it that's me as well uh, I, I thought Joe. Oh wait, ah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I signed. Uh, it's because yeah, it's because you both uh, put your hands up for Balogun in the chat, and then we eventually gave it to you. So yeah, sorry, Graham. Uh, go ahead. He has probably the longest stride of any footballer I've ever seen. Like, I've, it's absolutely. I don't know whether he's one of the one of these guys who has like his legs or two thirds of his body, um, but he's on it. Like, I've never seen anything like it, and because of that, he is fairly nippy over the ground just because he takes about two steps for a normal person's five um, the downside of this is to me he looks a bit heavy footed which I can only imagine is because his toes are really really far away from his brain um, which is something I can fully get on board with as well football's really hard like that because my feet are far away from my head um, but I think sort of more fleet footed attackers who like the ball in tight and go and take him on I think he might struggle with that um, biggest concern for me with him is very much his distribution um, I know that he is he's essentially there's a stopgap um, until Hellander's fit or Katic is fit um, or they know they can definitely trust Edmondson um, over a longer period of time as well he does not look like a good passer of the ball um, all of his passing is to short very short passes to dropping off midfielders anything longer than that and it immediately looks very very shaky and obviously because Rangers have Ryan Jack, he will be dropping in to take the ball an awful lot, so that might be fine. But if it's going to be in bigger games where teams are going to go and press high on him, the more and more teams across Scotland are doing that as a tactic. So many teams last year, they're less passive in games. They are pressing teams like Rangers and Celtic because they understand this is how you get in the game there. I would worry if teams were going to press very, very highly on him. Um, and... Again, as I say, it's a stopgap, so he might end up playing six games this season and win all six. Um, but if Katic is out for a long time, if Hellander doesn't come back fit, if Edmondson isn't quite the guy that they want him to be, given how many Rangers games Rangers are going to have to play, there is a chance he'll play significantly more than that. And particularly in, in games like Europe and stuff like that, you would worry about it. Yeah, here's finally something we're going to disagree on. I think he's not actually that bad a passer. Uh, he's, his long pass accuracy of 61 is pretty good for a centre-half. 
I think he's. I can get your point. He, I think in both games I watched, he, he made some. He does tend to keep it simple a lot, and there's another aspect of his game I'll get on to as well. Where he kind of does the same, doesn't take a lot of chances. But for me, he looked he looked a lot more confident on the ball than Nico Katic does, and that's when we 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 done the season review, so last season season review with you and Taylor, and he talked about Katic and the problem when when he plays is that for the fact that he's a very good defender and a very dominant defender, he. He's not great on the ball, and what it means is that when teams are playing against Rangers, they'll have their attackers press Goldson and make him give up the ball to Katic, and Katic just doesn't really know what to do with it, isn't confident enough. I think Balogun is confident on the ball. He's got good control, can use either foot. So that I was quite impressed with how he could pass his way out of a bit of pressing as well, could uh, manage to turn and find find the man and not, not give away possession in instances where players who would maybe panic would do. And the fact that he's, he's got experience, a lot of experience playing on the left side defence, played left side of defence at Wigan uh, with Cedric Kipri as the right side centre half. That was uh, that was fun to watch. I had, had a good time watching, watching him as well. I miss him so much. Yes. Uh, and he's got... In addition to that, I think he's got decent mobility on him, a bit of a burst of pace, and he's at least somebody with a quite a bit of experience. And I think that that Rangers team could maybe use a bit more experience. Somebody, he's in his thirties now. He's been capped thirty-one times for Nigeria. There's there's stuff there to like. The thing I did. Things I did really possibly like just just quickly as well, and that as well. It just seems a bit of an odd transfer because I, I, from what you has said. Katic seems to be a big problem for Rangers and as good a player as he is defensively he changes he, he can't do what Rangers want him to do and my assumption had been that this summer they'd look to move him on and get a bit of money and replace him with someone and obviously that's not happened so maybe that's why they've gone for Balogun instead but if you're going to do that why not just do it now get somebody in that can play the, the way that you want it to rather than have a someone to hold on hold as a placeholder for six months eight months yeah um, yeah that's maybe a fair point uh, one thing I didn't like about him I didn't think he was that strong for a centre half and considering so in, in terms of like replacing Cottage in that way it, you're losing maybe a bit on the defensive side he, often with kind of high balls he would get kind of muscled at least not necessarily muscled away but just kind of maybe put off his leap by the opposing forward more often than I would like to see from a centre half and that's maybe a concern as well so there's 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 aspects of it's kind of like a lot of these players <laughs> aspects to like aspects to don't like I think he might be fine enough in that he might he might just get Rangers playing a bit better than they have done uh, but I, I don't think he's as good a defender uh, as Katic is if, uh, right, I think we've all we've got to say about him. Let's move on to Reagan Charles Cook, who signed for Ross County. Uh, remind me, who had him? Yeah. Ah, sticking with Graham again. Give us your thoughts on on old Reagan. Um, I'm suspicious, given that all of his all the Gillingham fans after he left were wishing him good luck, which makes me immediately suspicious and immediately a red flag. Um, seems to be able to play left, right behind the striker. He's got sharp feet. He's got good dribbling. His final product, final product looks a bit suspect. He didn't play a huge amount last year, which I don't know. I, I couldn't delve deep enough to find out whether it was injury related or not. I actually think it could be really good fun uh, more than anything else. Um, County have a lot of sort of reasonable players, um, guys that are playing at exactly the, the level they should be. Charles Cook 
maybe a little bit different mould and that you could, if things go the way you've told they would for him, um, he could go a little bit higher on that. Um, he, the, the the speed at which he disappears from guys when he's when he's dribbling is is sharp and knocking it through players' legs and stuff like that. Again, it's it doesn't feel like there's an awful lot of players at County that have that sort of ability at the moment. Um, there are a lot of guys there um, who are very very reasonable sort of lower end Premiership players, but having someone with just a little bit of an extra spark, which certainly Charles Cook looks like he, he might be able to deliver, um, is is quite interesting in a way that some of the other players on this list that I didn't really find very interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, certainly, he's certainly fast. Yeah, that, that was like the immediate thing that stood out about him. Yeah, also works hard as well, gets after the opposition, gets gets around the park. I I didn't get to see too much of him because I, I, was, um, I was having a look through his games when I, I was rudely butted out of, of Scout by Joel Sked needing to look at his last two players. <laughs> so I've, I've formed an incomplete conclusion on, on Charles Cook. But yeah, as you're saying, fast. Uh, one thing, versatile, uh, another, another player. I was looking at where he's played over the last couple of seasons. It was just mad. Uh, he played up front as a number 10, as a centre midfielder, as a left wing back and as a left back. Yeah, and uh, again, like you say, it, it was... Um, so many of his clips they were so varied in terms of what he was doing Like sometimes he was taking really good corners sometimes he was uh, taking boys on sometimes he was I think there was a lot of clips of him just tracking back and winning tackles really really well which it was just a weird collection of stuff and again that sort of indicates that in amongst that there is probably a decent player there and that there's such a variety of things that he can do if County give him a particular role and say either you're a 10 or you're a left winger you're a right winger and play him there consistently then that might be the best way to get the most out of him. Um, he certainly, as, as I say, he was in, he was very interesting. Which, given as I say, given some of the other players, just that, okay, you're very clearly bad at doing this. He seemed to have a little bit more. He had a, I felt he had a good touch as well, uh, which is something you maybe don't see. You don't really expect an awful lot of you're signing a player from England's League One, and you're saying, well, he's fast. You, you just kind of immediately think, well. If he's fast, he must be shite at something, and usually what they're shite at is they've got a touch of an elephant, but his touch is actually pretty good. He links play quickly and quite accurately as well. The one negative I had uh, really was that in the two games, I was kind of midway through watching the second game uh, where, I got, where I got chucked out, and across those two games, despite all these kind of attributes which should make him an attacking, a good attacking player, I didn't see him doing an awful lot to influence the game on the attacking end. Everything he was doing seemed to be kind of making a decent kind of link and play pass, but I didn't see somebody in both games he was playing as a number 10, I didn't see somebody who was really kind of threatening the opposition that much. And with his pace and his touch, I think he should be doing that a lot more. So I wonder if it's one of these guys who just doesn't quite have the kind of in-game intelligence, the kind of off-the-ball movement, uh, the ability to, to pick up spots, uh, to know where to hurt the opposition. I'm not sure whether he has that, but like I say, I was my opinion was, was incomplete, so I, I couldn't really, uh, I couldn't really say that with much certainty that that's definitely what he's like all the time. But it, it would explain why somebody who is fast and a, a good technical footballer uh, is uh, wasn't playing every week for a League One team and is uh, with as much respect to the Staggies as possible signing for Ross County. Yeah, again, like I say, his, his final product looked a bit shaky at times like that. Again, all the all of his best clips were him beating people or winning things or doing stuff, but there was very little in terms of here is an assist, here is a strike on goal, here are the good bits or, or the bits that turn you from being a, a really useful player to being a very good player. 
Um, I think as well, his last something like his last ten to fifteen appearances all came from off the bench. Yeah. So that that, that maybe just said something about him as well. Right, I think we've got four players to go. Uh, I think we'll shall we leave it there for the main show at the moment. Actually, before we finish, uh, we, we did say we'd mention the, the the two players that we haven't properly managed to scout, but we have uh, Joel managed to read something on Celtics do signing, and uh, Graham, you have also had a, had, a, had a wee YouTube wank about the latest uh, Motherwell uh, attacker, and uh, that's Callum Lang. So, what was your impression from the little you saw of him? He is here to stop the ten, and I have absolutely no doubt about it whatsoever. He is. Like he, it was something that kind of came out of the blue uh, that Lang was that we were linked with Lang, which who, who had played a couple of seasons. I think it was uh, on loan from Wigan in League One, one for Oldham, and he just looks absolutely brilliant. Fun. He is big. He's a wee scouse laddie who looks rapid. He looks like he's incredible feet. Um, just the a lot of the, the sort of bits of skill that he's used to go and beat players. It's. He feels kind of like a sort of a melding of Marvin Johnson and Louis Bolt together. Um, <laughs> gen- like genuinely, like, the, the videos that I've watched them. Oh, look- I'm maybe trying to big him up a little bit more. <laughs> you can't, honestly, I cannot. I, there must. I can't. I don't know what's wrong with him. There must essentially because there must be something wrong with him. But the highlight videos of him are absolutely ridiculous, and I do. I, I would advocate everybody go and look at the videos of Callum Lang on YouTube because his. He's pacey, he's scrappy, he's got incredible feet, he's a good finish. I don't get it. I, I truly don't get it how kind of in the in the in the same as we're talking with Charles Cook, like how is he well, he's ended up at County for a reason. Players end up at Motherwell for a reason. Like I said about Nathan McGinley, we're gonna work on Nathan McGinley, we're gonna improve him as a player as we tend to do. Lang, I can only approve, I presume he's got like a terrible injury record or something along those lines and we're trying to sort of coach him back to some sort of complete fitness. Um, but I, he is he's very, very exciting. I, I, I've not been as excited about Motherwell signing in quite a while, which is funny because it, it seemed to come with sort of very sort of limited fanfare um, on the whole. But yeah, well, really, really excited. In fairness to him, I think he's had three loan spells, three or four loan spells from Wigan, and I think his last three have all been fairly productive, which does bode well. It's because sometimes you get somebody who's, I mean, ask any Wraith Rovers fan uh, about Barry Mackay, for instance. Uh, you get players who just don't take the loan spells, don't yeah. really take it seriously enough, uh, don't put an application, and they end up being shit. And uh, the fact that he's done quite well in three loan spells means that he's, he's going to come up here very likely and give it his all for Motherwell and certainly somebody who appears to have some talent. So, yeah, I think you, I think you should maybe deserve it. I've not seen the guy yet, but uh, from, from the little bits and pieces I've picked up, I think you've got, you've got a right to be a little bit excited about this one. I think as well, it's, a, it's almost a stick on that he will be a permanent signing as well, unless he comes up and absolutely hates it and doesn't want to be here. I would presume there's going to be a bit of a trade-off with Wigan, um, as it looks like Kipri uh, is on his way out of Wigan. Um, and we've got, by all accounts, a ludicrous sell-on fee uh, for Kipri as well. So I imagine there'll be a bit of trade in there in terms of we'll take less money up front from Kipri's money in order to just give us lying for the however long we want to have him um, but yeah he's he looks very very good fun and a very very good footballer and it's also part of my dream to have just a team of nine scousers David Turnbull and Declan Gallagher as well so we're getting closer <laughs> Joe what little can you tell us of Celtic's new goalkeeper signed uh, from AK Athens for I think four and a half million uh, he's going to be an upgrade on Scott Bean <laughs> Could have told you that anyway. <laughs> yep, I think that's uh, that, that's the that you come here for. The stating the obvious. No, the Barkas, I think he's very high, high really... Fucking hell, can't even speak. <laughs> Highly rated, I'm, Joe. 
you highly rated. I, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Greece, that I think there's some maybe surprised by the the price he actually went for. I think it could rise to 5.5 million in the end. Kieran Devlin on the preview pod for Celtic uh, this season that you can get on Patreon. He was saying that he'd heard Hammond, the new director of uh, recruitment or operations or whatever you want to uh, to call him at Celtic, is Bark as his number uh, number one fan. For me, the the clips the, the clips I had seen a, a couple of weeks when he'd got uh, linked. The big thing that stands out for me is his presence. I think he is in a similar mold to Forster. He's certainly over six foot three, maybe upwards six foot five. So he's going to have that presence which Celtic goalkeepers down the years you have the good ones have. He is he's described as being being very calm. I don't think he has like a a, a real bad weakness. I think he's got aspects of his game that he needs to work on. I don't think kicking is a strong point because when you look at when you look at goalkeeper, he doesn't look like the kind of modern day goalkeeper. When you look at goalkeepers who are over six foot two, watching them, other than Edwin Van der Sar, watching all of them, they seem really uncomfortable for the ball, the ball at his feet. I think he, what is, I think he'll be quite, quite solid at it, but he won't be, he, he won't be, um, he won't be the the best with the ball at feet. But that's that's not. Important because you've seen Craig Gordon is uh, never the best with the ball he's feet in Celtic, and he was he was still a key key player. Yeah, and let, let him be manager. I suppose to Rogers means that isn't quite as important as it used to be. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be about uh, knocking a ball about uh, the the defensive third and then building the way through through defence. He is the, the the one thing I'm a big fan of is that when strikers face him one on one. I think they'll be put off by his size. He'll come out, he'll make himself big, he'll spread himself and they won't have a lot of the goal to aim at or they'll panic just seeing this this, this big brute egg bearing down on them. What I saw, I think it was a, it was a, clip, on, a clip on Twitter posted and he didn't, make a lot of spectacular saves, but I think that's, again, down to, his, down to his size, perhaps his position, that he doesn't really need to make those uh, spectacular saves. A lot of what he does is safe and solid, and that's kind of what you want from a goalkeeper, keeping the ball out the goal. As a Hearts fan, I can attest to that. So we've got, we've got four guys, we've got one more county player, we've got two St. Johnson players, and we've got a St. Mirren player. If you want to hear about these guys, uh, these, these guys into Scottish football, make sure to go over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. We're going to stick this on the on the $2 tier. So if, you, if you're not signed up already, you can just maybe dip your toes into the water. If you like what you hear on that and the other $2 podcast we have, then you can, you maybe go up a level or two and, and give us some serious big bucks. <laughs> so we can continue our, our meteoric rise uh, through the through the business world. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be like Facebook in no time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Run by cunts. <laughs> what did you say, Joe? Run by cunts. Yes. People can, already think that anyway, so it's... it's yeah, 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 exactly. Aye. Ask, ask any number of Celtic fans. In all defence as well, we've given away way more data than anyone has on us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.